I don't want to be in a relationship where we depend on each other, where we need each other, where we secretly hate each other, where we talk bad about each other, all these things. So if it's not up to the standards that I want in my life, then I'd rather be alone. It's Jillian, and this is my podcast all about nutrition, entrepreneurship, and motherhood. If you're ready, open, and dedicated to making daily habit changes that will help you have it all, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to It's Jillian, a podcast about taking the stress of nutrition and meal planning off your to-do list so you can focus on thriving in all other important areas of your life, from what you eat to what you wear to reducing mom guilt and even relationships. If you aren't familiar with who I am, I'm Jillian, your host and the owner of the What's For Dinner Club. I am offering my podcast listeners one month free of my What's For Dinner Club membership with special code podcast. Just head on over to whatsfordinnerclub.com and sign up using that promo code. You know, as a dietitian, I wanted to make simple eating really, really convenient for families. And honestly, I created the What's For Dinner Club because I needed it. With a family, you know, I wanna have a healthy dinner on the table, but I just don't have the time. Now I have the full plan for you, including the grocery list, as well as different ways that you can adjust each meal to make it gluten-free, plant-based, and kid-friendly. And if you rate and review the podcast, I will send you some really fun and cute What's for Dinner Club swag. I am so excited to have these two amazing women on the podcast today. You may have heard of them, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick, hosts of the top podcast, Almost 30. Honestly, I was so excited and so nervous to interview them, but they are so cool down to earth and we had the best conversation. Krista and Lindsay came together to have deep, meaningful conversations around spirituality, holistic health and wellness, personal development, rejection, fear, relationships, and finding purpose. I am especially excited to have them on the podcast to talk all about their podcasting experience and success. Some of the topics we talked about in this episode include learning how to keep yourself grounded, all things crystals, trusting your intuition, and prioritizing yourself. We actually had a really interesting conversation about the seasons of relationships with our girlfriends. You know, I think some of us haven't had really great relationships with girlfriends. And so we talked about that and also times when we were super close to someone and then we kind of grew apart and realizing that that's okay. They have some amazing resources for you guys, including their podcast, but also a membership and podcast support that I learned about in our conversation. So you're going to want to check out their website and follow them on Instagram. You can find Krista on Instagram at it's Krista and Lindsay at Lindsay Simsick. Krista and Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's Jillian podcast. I cannot wait for you guys to meet these guests. In fact, you probably already listened to them on their podcast because it is uber popular. They have amazing topics, guests, and a, such a close-knit community that they've built too. So I'm so excited to welcome Crystal Williams and Lindsay here. Lindsay Simpson, Crystal Williams, so glad to have you guys here. Let's just start off with just telling you about your background. Again, if you're living under a rock and you haven't listened to their podcast, then we'll give a little intro here. So Krista, do you want to start just your background and history of getting into this? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm someone that never thought I would be doing a podcast full time in my life. You know, I grew up in a small town in Ohio and 
kind of was following like the normal route of going to college and then getting the first job that really gave me an offer as a management consultant in Chicago. But I think the through line in my life was really that I was like a seeker and I really wanted to find my purpose. So although I just jumped from corporate job to corporate job, really unhappy at all of them, really feeling unfulfilled and unaligned in my life, I always knew that there was something bigger and better for me. And it really was at that rock bottom point that I found Lindsay. You know, I was living in Los Angeles. I had quit my corporate job. I had tried to pursue some of my side hustles full time. That didn't work. I thought I would be a soul cycle instructor. That didn't work. And with an open heart and an open mind, you know, I met Lindsay and we connected and our deep conversations about the transitions in our life that we had been through, whether it was me going from a small town to a big city or from the corporate world to trying side hustles or her in relationships and different types of jobs, we knew that we had something special. So we started recording on our closet floors when we were like seven years ago and eventually put out, you know, almost 30, never knew it would grow to be what it is, but we're so grateful that we followed that intuitive hit. I love that. And what about you, Lindsay? You want to jump in? Yeah. So Krista and I met shortly after I moved from New York to LA. And this was like the mark of my Saturn return. And this was an event that came shortly after a huge breakup where I was feeling like, oh my God, I thought I was going to be with this person forever. And I'm I'm saying, and I'm sharing these things because so many of us find ourselves navigating these transitions during our Saturn return, whether it's having to do with relationships, our health, our career, where should we live? Like, who are we? What is our purpose, you know, on this earth? And it can be so confusing and frustrating. And so this move from New York to LA really catapulted me out of autopilot. And I was in a new place, a new environment and a new community. And that really, really activated me in ways that I hadn't been before. I moved because I was working for SoulCycle. And this was kind of another job on my path of many, many odd jobs. My like career path is kind of like a, a windy one, which I, I really enjoy. And that brought me to Krista eventually about a year and a half in we crossed paths and we found a lot of comfort and healing in our early friendship. And I'm always someone who really loves to like create new and create something that I'm not thinking about what is it going to become, but I'm like, oh, this sounds fun. Let's do it. And we were so resourceful during that time. I think we still are, but very resourceful where we're like, okay, so where are we going to record? We're going to record in your closet and then we can use the house that I'm living in on these days. And I have this recorder and I think make an outline of the episodes and we can call some friends to call in. Like it was just such a time of like using what we had and almost 30 came through really strong. And, you know, there was never really a day that we said, why don't we just like can it? It was just, always, <laughs> it was always alive. It was always alive. And it's really followed us through so many of life's tr- transitions thus far. I love that. I think you guys both spoke to just the importance of having girlfriends. I mean, having that community to lean on. It sounds like you both are going so, through some changes in your life. And I need to look up when my Saturn returns are or <laughs> like, uh, I probably have experienced those fairly actually for my birthday. My mom got me an astrology reading, which was the most eye-opening thing in my entire life. And I bought like every book afterwards because I was so fascinated by it. So this was just a few months ago, still, still learning about it all, but how much we really need 
you know, that support I've been there too, where when you feel down and out and even like someone like your partner just doesn't totally get it, but a girlfriend you talk to, they get it and they can pick you up. And I see you guys doing that through your Almost 30 podcast. And again, the events and stuff that you're holding, I think that's something that is really important to you guys to really bring community of women together. Yeah, I think for Lindsay and I both, you know, we've had interesting journeys with female friendships. It hasn't always been beautiful and roses and amazing. And it's been a process and it's been a lot of reflection and work and accountability and taking risks and keeping our heart open and having our heart broken. So it hasn't been just like a hunky-dory journey of amazing female friendships. I was someone that had amazing friends all my life, but then would have situations where I would have these very like codependent, unmatched, intense relationships with women that would usually end up in a disaster at some point. And what I was doing was replaying my mother wound out on the female friendships that I had in an effort to heal. You know, subconsciously we bring up these situations in an effort to heal, which is really beautiful. But I had to really work on my mother wound to really be able to have and hold amazing female friendships. And Lindsay has really been like my sandbox for playing with what it means like to be in a really deep, intimate relationship with someone where I'm honest, I'm truthful, I'm myself, I'm held, I'm seen, I'm all these things. And so we've been able to really practice what it means and what it feels like to be in a really deep, intimate relationship with a woman because I had been in really powerful relationships, but nothing like intimacy that Lindsay and I have where not only are we having fun and we're talking deeply, but we're actually holding each other accountable and we're also being really honest. And we also have hard times that we make, you know, we're able to make it through. Because I realized a lot with building trust within relationships that it's not just about sharing everything and, you know, tell them all your secrets. It's really about those opportunities for disagreement or conflict and then being able to come back together. That's really what builds trust. But within the Almost 30 community, we wanted to make it a place where it felt like a place where we could just let our hair down. We could relax. We could be with really cool women that were interesting and fun and kind and compassionate. And we're really there because we're like-hearted rather than like-minded. So community has been the basis of what we do, but the female friendship thing has been like such a journey for both of us, but I feel like we're at such a good place and we have such nourishing, powerful relationships in our life. And I'm hopeful that that can show people what's really possible. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing that I've learned, I'm curious, you know, Lindsay, if you think the same thing is that there's like seasons of friendships too. Like I'll have friends that are, I have that intimate relationship, just like you're talking about. And for me, I felt like I was, sometimes I was like holding on to it. It's like, I can't lose this. Like, this is so important, but it's just our lives change and we just don't connect the same way. And I came to this realization that that's not a bad thing. Sometimes there's just times in your life where you do have these really close relationships and friendships and they're meant to be there for that time. And then there's times where someone else comes in. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, 100%. I was thinking about that recently because sometimes like the other day I was like, I have something with my college friends soon. I was with my LA friends and, you know, I just have these situations with friends right now where I'm like, I feel good. And I was noticing how I felt really good about myself because all my relationships were doing well and how much I depend my own self-worth on my relationships. I was like, all my relationships are good. I'm like, that means I am good. So I've had times in my life where the relationships, there's been sort of like a tower card moment, you know, tower card in the tarot where 
it seems like people are falling away or I'm evolving beyond or they're evolving beyond or we're just growing apart. Lindsay and I went through an experience like that in the past, you know, two years where we had sort of like a come to Jesus moment with some relationships in our life where we really had to be honest about who we are now and how we've evolved and our priorities and friendship and what we're looking for. So that happens quite a bit, but I always trust that I have the people around me that I need at the time. And if I'm not feeling like I do, then that means I just need to go deeper within myself because I need to be the place that I go first. You know, Mm -hmm. my inner knowing, my inner truth, my inner support system, my inner mother needs to always, always, always be my number one. And if I'm feeling myself reaching, which I can definitely do, that's just like, not the energy that anyone really wants in their life. You know, I don't want to be in a relationship where we depend on each other, where we need each other, where we secretly hate each other, where we talk bad about each other, all these things. So if it's not up to the standards that I want in my life, then I'd rather be alone. I was having this experience at the beginning of this year where a few friendships kind of were, it was just so clear that the relationship was at its end And I kind of had this inner dialogue with myself where I was like, am I bad for kind of feeling so clear about this and not trying to reach for, maybe I can save it. Maybe I can Mm -hmm. put in more effort. Maybe I can, you know, do something to improve upon the relationship. And when I really went in, I was like, no, I actually think based on just events that happened, the way it made me feel, where my life is going, that this is like a very clear ending. And it doesn't make it easier, but I had to have a moment where I was like, oh, this actually feels right. And there's going to be a lot of layers of energy in the dynamic that might make you feel wrong for doing that. For example, like the other person being having a reaction of their own, which they're totally allowed to have. But I really, it was a moment for me to tune into what was right for me and what was best for me moving forward. And it was just like a very interesting experience where I was like, I think this should feel more complicated and have more steps to it. And then I just realized that it didn't need to and that it was like super clear. And I had all of the all of the information that I needed and really like more importantly, all of the feeling that I needed. Mm. So I was getting these feelings for a little while and then it kind of came to a head and I was like, ah, that's what that was. I think we're done, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, I think when you have that realization, it sounds like you are giving yourself the space and time to be grounded and really feel those feelings and think things out. I think a lot of times I'm a achiever. I'm a doer. Enneagram three, I'm like, go, go, go. So when I finally get a chance to just sit down and relax and really think about my life, I get a lot of those messages, just like you're saying of those, I feel the feels. I kind of know what this relationship should look like and what's best for me and what's in touch with me. But getting that grounded approach is really hard for a lot of people to do, I think. I think we get so stuck in our heads and there's so many distractions out there. So what are some things that you guys do to have that grounded feeling so that you can make those decisions and feel really confident in it? Is there any practices or techniques or resources that you like to use? Yeah, I love this question because I think it's so important and I think I see this happening all the time and I just kind of want to like scream because I feel like 
it is actually much more simple than people think. But what's happening is really people are like biologically addicted to the stress hormones that they're creating in their body that where they're do do doing, they're hustling, they're over pushing, they're overworking, they're anxious, they're stressed. So it's, you know, actually really heartbreaking because we're technically from like a biological perspective addicted to that to give us energy to get us through the day. It feels like it's the only way that we're loved if we're overworking or overproducing. But I think it's actually much more simple than people really think. I think that what keeps people is the fear of slowing down or the fear of resting or the fear of taking a few steps back. Like, what does that mean if not overworking, if I'm not overachieving, if I'm not pushing, if I'm not doing all of the things, what does it mean if I'm not putting in 12 hour days? What does it mean if I'm not posting on social media all the time? What does that say about me? So there's a lot of different layers to the way in which we're all operating, where we're kind of burning ourselves out. There's like the biological addiction that we all really have that I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to, especially after 2020, where we've just been really, really attached to this news cycle telling us how to feel, telling us how to be. And then there's also the beliefs that we have around our worth, the beliefs that we have around who we are, if we're not, you know, our ego's perception of who we are. And then there's also all the ways in which it's reinforced by culture that being productive or hustling or doing all the things is a good thing. So I have compassion for that. And hopefully that's helpful for people to see. But what I really like to do is just like, simplify and get really honest with yourself. I think what happens is I'll notice a lot of people be super stressed, be anxious, feel overwhelmed, feel like they're doing so much and they're waking up with an alarm and they're having coffee right away before any water. They're looking at their phone first thing, their phone and the blue lights waking them up. Maybe they went to sleep a few hours later and they had alcohol before bed. And then, you know, they're going to an intense workout class and they're headed straight off to work and their day begins from there. So there's just so many ways in which we can support ourselves in feeling more embodied and grounded and less stressed that we can control in our morning. If you have kids, it might be a little bit different. So I'm speaking from a perspective of someone without kids. And I understand that this may be the dream scenario, but Andrew Huberman often talks about waking up with the sun. So looking at the sun first thing to set your circadian rhythm, to help your body really understand that it's morning, give yourself natural energy, and then not waking up with the phone. That really is just like setting you up for the day to just be stressed, be addicted, be in the cycle of producing and doing, and in the cycle of really being in response to what other people want from you and not being in control of your day. Starting with water, not caffeine, maybe having caffeine a little bit later, and then some meditation, maybe some light stretching, whatever feels really good for you. If it's journaling, if it's yoga, whatever, but taking that time to just really, really set the groundwork for a beautiful day. So that's my morning. I usually stretch, I'll journal, I'll do whatever, but I make sure that that time I'm in control of. And that time is for me because I actually have noticed if I don't meditate in the morning, my day will just kind of spin out of control. So all in all, I think people have more control over this feeling than I think they do. And I hopefully, hopefully they get empowered to feel like they can have more control and ownership of their life. I love that. And I think you're speaking to me. (laughs) I'm like, yes, soaking it all in. And you know, something else, actually, I mentioned to you guys, I was listening to Jenna Kutcher's book. And she also mentioned about again, the, we're in this stress, 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 do, do, do. And we take on these things like meditation and journal is basically a thing on my to-do list, right? It's like checking the box. And then I go do my workout and I have my coffee, right? So it's even 
more so than that. It's not just doing those things. I think it really goes back to this mindset shift. And again, that getting grounded, definitely a journey, at least I can say for myself to get there. But I can say that when I do that, and you know, I again, I, I'm such this achiever, but when I take that time, it's funny how fast things happen. Like it's like you collapse time, and all of a sudden, things that you know that you thought you had to get done, they get done by someone else, or someone says, "I already took care of that." So it's kind of this like chicken before the egg, right? Like we're yes. like always out there. When if we actually just got back to that being side instead of jumping like three steps ahead to the doing side, we'd be way more in alignment feel a lot better and actually get more done in the end. But it is definitely a journey of getting there, right? It just, it takes a lot of practice and building those habits. Like you said, that morning routine, even me as a mom, I have two little girls, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, another one on the way, but my morning, they're not always perfect, but I can make space for it. I make it a priority and find that time. And when I do, like you said, so much better day. Oh, so much better. I can't even imagine. I mean, to make time for that is like, that makes me so happy for your kids. You know, like if I think about my parents, you know, that wasn't in the consciousness. It's like, you just sacrifice everything to do right. for your kids. And then you're wondering why you're so depleted. I just wanted to add that your point about the making meditation or anything else, kind of another thing on the to-do list. I kind of like found myself in that little rut where I was like, why isn't this feeling totally good? And so I've been trying to, or I've just been allowing myself in the morning to like tune in, whether it's just like a few deep breaths to what I want to do or what I need. And like, even the other day, I was like, I just want to go up on the roof. And because I live in New York, I live in Brooklyn in a taller building. So like, I was like, I want to go on the roof and read a book with a blanket. And it was like just the morning, the first thing mm -hmm. that I'm doing. I've never done that before. And it was perfect. It was just what I needed, but I didn't know that I needed it until I tuned in. So I think if we can just allow ourselves like a few deep breaths in the morning, honestly, like I think so much information can come in. I think if we're allowing ourselves to meditate, a lot more information will come in. But I think that's been really important for me because sometimes I will get on that train of like, okay, so I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to mm -hmm. drink my tea and then I'm going to go work out. And then, you know, all these things start to line up and I forget about how I'm kind of different every day, you know, like just a little bit energetically, I can be a little bit different. And so based on those differences, like, what do I need? What do I need to nourish my body? What do I want to consume? You know, if I'm listening to a podcast or a meditation or maybe nothing at all, it changes on a daily basis. What do you guys do for meditation? Because that's something that I will say I'm definitely newer to. And I've, you know, doubt like, oh, I'm going to meditate today. And then like, and then for three weeks go by and I haven't done anything, right? So like, is there anything that you have found that you've really loved or that you felt like helped, especially getting started and just kind of getting into the practice? For me, what I've just been doing is honestly laying somewhere, silence, like no recordings or anything. And usually just trying to zone into something that is just like a constant sound. This is a, a recommendation, like a fan blowing or air conditioning going right. That's my Abraham Hicks tool right there, right? And just that's really all I've done. And it's, I can't say, like she said, you know, you expect like, oh, I'm going to get some revelation during this meditation. That's not always it. It's just really getting in connection so that as your day goes on, you can hear those intuitive thoughts come in. But is there anything else besides that, that, you know, would be a good tool for someone who's just getting started into the meditation world. I think that's such a good one. I've actually, you know, never 
heard of that method, but I'm, I'm kind of like you where I like to be in silence. I really like to be as quiet as possible because there's something, if I'm doing it every day with support of a phone or an app or a program, it feels a little off because I'm trying to get away from technology or other voices or other sounds. So I really like to do it in silence as much as possible. Outside is the best. I think really it's sort of understanding that it's not our natural inclination for our mind to be still and for our mind to stop thinking. And, you know, our mind actually never stops thinking. So it's really kind of allowing that to be, but it's the continued awareness and practice of like coming back to that quiet, coming back to that still. So knowing that it might be a little awkward and uncomfortable if you've just been thinking and had no breaks for your life, it might seem weird. And then um, figuring out what works best for you. So if that's silence, if that's nature, if that's support from an app, if that's community meditation, I think that's really, really important because nothing really works unless you enjoy doing it. And then also probably reading about the benefits of meditation or, or learning about of meditation. We've done podcasts on them, which are amazing, or you can read studies or different types of books. But what I've found is that almost every single person that we've interviewed that's profound and that is successful and that is spiritual in a true sense has a meditation practice. So the most successful people in the world, the most grounded people in the world, the people that I aspire to be like are usually people that are heavily meditated. And I really can also see that in addition to the benefits of meditation, whether it's better sleep, better creativity, better relationships, better hormone responses, better, all of these things that can also support me in being like, okay, I understand the benefits. I understand why I'm doing this. I understand the ways in which I can do it where I like it. And I understand it might not always be easy. I love that. Yeah. I think the same thing I've heard is just so many people that like, that I look up to, I aspire to meditate. And so I was like, okay, I need to explore this further and just kind of see, you know, what it means for me and how I feel. And again, I do know every time I do it, I feel so much better. Like I feel so much more connected. I wonder if you could try it with the kids. Yeah. (laughs) Getting them to sit still. Yeah. Honestly, it's so fun. Just watch. It's so fun because like you said, with your kids, like my girls, they're early birds. So a lot of times when I am doing my journaling or reading or meditating, they will come downstairs but I love that they see me and they know that it's like, it's funny because they always want like cereal or something, but they know that there's a certain time that mommy's not doing any of that until actually it's usually six o'clock. I know that's so early. They're usually up like 5.30. So I'm like nothing till six o'clock. Okay. Like you can come down here, you can play in the playroom or read your books or whatever, but I'm not getting any cereal because I'm in my space. And I like that they see that, right? Cause you're showing them. Mm that they can do this too and how important it is. So that's amazing. I'd be curious too with the kids. Like if I have like a meditation playlist that I just create myself for myself and I enjoy kind of like curating it depending on the mood. And if I want to be listening to something during meditation, but one of my favorite things to put on there is like a binaural beats or like a sound bowl type music where it is kind of that idea from Abraham Hicks of like that, just kind of like a sound, you know, a very like non-distracting sound. It just is a sound and you can kind of focus in on it. And that's kind of what I think of when I hear like sound bowls. It just is kind of this consuming sound. And I'd be curious like what it would do for the little ones because it's just, I would think it would kind of put them in like a state of like more calm or just Mm -hmm. like kind of in that frequency a little bit more. But that helps me if I if my mind's just kind of going loopy loop. 
I'm going to try it. So I told you that we're up at my family cabin. So my mom's here. My mom is a Reiki master and she has, you know, all of her tools and whatnot. And so I can't remember what they're called, but they're like, I think symbols, like you hit it and it has like a vibration sound. So similar to like the sound bowls. So maybe this afternoon we'll do like a little Reiki sesh and have them. They would love it to be a part of it. (laughs) That would be amazing. That would be Uh, so much fun. I'll let you guys know how it goes. And if they're calm and cool, then it'll become a daily routine that we will do after this. Speaking of different tools and, and things that you use, you know, to ground yourself, to keep you guys centered. I love crystals. I am a crystal shop guru. Sedona, Arizona is my favorite place to go to get them. I have my favorite crystal shop that I go to. And anytime I've, even my girls, like anytime I go, I always get them a special crystal that I think speaks to what they're going through at that moment in their lives. But just curious, again, we talked about so many routines and, and tools we have. Are there any special crystals in your home that you guys love to have by? Maybe it's something specific, like when you're working or if it's when you're meditating, something that you like to have near you in a specific situation that you feel like really helps with your spiritual journey. Yeah, I love crystals too. They're so incredible. And I think even, you know, if someone doesn't really connect with them from like the metaphysical or spiritual level, you can just look at a crystal and be like, what the heck? This thing came from the earth. It is so incredibly Beautiful. I mean, the fact that you can crack open this like gray looking rock and in it is like a beautiful purple amethyst is just absolutely mind blowing and incredible. So even if it's not a spiritual or a metaphysical reason, I think the beauty of them is just breathtaking. You know, the beauty Mm -hmm. of nature, the beauty of a natural element is just beyond incredible. So for me, I started using crystals, I think probably when I first moved to LA, as you do, you kind of get initiated and you're like, okay, I'm going to start using crystals. And I became obsessed. I have so many in my house. It's kind of embarrassing. And I think what I've found with crystals is that you really have to go with ones that you connect with and you sort of connect with the ones that you need at the time. And I'll put some in my shorts or my bra top or my backpack. I'll meditate with them. I think that's the best way that I find that I can connect with them is through meditation. I really like a good citrine. I think citrine is mm-hmm. one of my favorite. I love a carnelian. I really love a black obsidian. I really love a shungite for EMF protection. They have so many different uses, but I think connecting with the ones that feel the best for you is the most important. And really, they're just like these giant computers, you know, they hold so much information from so many different lifetimes and years and experiences on earth. And I find them to be so powerful. But I think for me, something that I'm really loving as a tool lately is EFT tapping. And EFT tapping is really drawing attention to specific meridian points on the body where we store certain emotions. So whether it's the brow or the top of the head or underneath the eye or above the lip, these are different parts in the body where we store emotions like shame or guilt or fear. So by tapping them and then speaking affirmations or speaking clearing, we can essentially bring up the emotions and then re- process and rewire them through the tapping because we're giving that emotion the up and then the opportunity to replay the affirmation or to reset the affirmation within that meridian that we want. And I found that to be simple and easy. I do it on YouTube for free with someone called Brad Yates, which is really incredible, but I've tried all the things. I mean, I'm all about trying every single wellness thing, every single spirituality thing, because I'm here in this lifetime to just explore as much as possible and just see how far I can push the bounds of my potential and what's here. 
Yeah, I love we, that. Um, what about you, Lindsay? Through almost 30, I feel like we've really like taken a ride when it comes to just trying all the things. It's been really fun. As far as crystals go, yes. I've just noticed too that regular clearing. So p- people are going to like get crystals, have crystals in their home. They can look so beautiful and it can be really great to bring them into ritual, but also having them in the home and having like various energies come in and out of the home. Like you just have to be mindful of like clearing. I have like a kind of a big clear quartz like near the entrance and I'm clearing that like on a regular basis just because there have been times where I kind of felt just a little funky for what I felt was no reason, but I realized, oh, we had a lot of people in here mm-hmm. over the weekend. Like, let's like kind of clear this because it can, it can hold so much energy. And I love bringing plants into the home. It doesn't necessarily feel like a spiritual trend, but I just love having life in the home and tending to life. And I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like they all have their personalities and I just feel... I feel like I'm in relationship with it, which feels really good where, you know, if I'm not doing great, I notice like my plants look a little funky and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like let's get re- in right relationship. Let's water each other. Let's make sure I'm watering myself, resting, getting enough sunlight, like all of those things. So I love bringing plants into the home. I have like 30 right now. And I love oh my gosh. Home, so. I'm a newbie to bringing plants in the home. I have two that are surviving and with one that is not in fact and it's actually like I have like a whole complex about it because it's my money tree and uh, I know I was like Jade or what's the money tree Jade or something oh I don't know I kind of need to look into that I don't maybe there's something there so it was thriving for a long time and then not thriving and so I like looked up all this stuff about like repotting it and so I did all that and I just have it's still there with like one leaf on it but I like, I'm like, okay, how do I revive you? I need to rake you and like get you going. So I'm still trying to, my husband's like, just get a new plant. I was like, no, like this one needs to, I need to love on this one. So, but yes, I totally get the plants, the crystals and those things really do just set your, the tone for your environment. I feel like when I'm there, it just brings me into like, I, my crystals are around in my office space typically. And it just, I spend a lot of time there and it makes me feel very intuitive. It's a reminder when I look at them, it helps me stay grounded with things like that. And I can tell that you guys are super intuitive as well. And, you know, we talked about just the journeys that you've made and those decisions. And I think that really is, you know, trusting your gut when those life decisions come up. It sounds like you've been through different roller coasters of those. So what do you guys think, what would be some maybe either instances or situations where you feel like you really had this intuitive thought that guided your decision that maybe wasn't in alignment with what original plan you had or what everyone thinks you should be doing? Have you ever had this pull for you? For me, I can give an example as you're thinking through it is is actually the time that I decided to take the leap to leave my corporate job. And it was definitely a journey of getting there, but I had so much trust in it that I didn't have fear around it. It was just like so strong that it was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was so comfortable with it. And I feel like for me, that's the biggest thing is when I feel so trusting in it, that there's no fear around it, that I'm like, yes, this is the way to go. Even though, you know, they're so like, how are you going to pay the bills? How are you going to pay for daycare? Like those things all come up. But I just knew that that was the way to go because my intuition was so strong on it. So are there any times where you felt that where it was just like, this is a different direction than what I thought, but I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. 
Yeah, I love that example. And I think this question is so important because I think we all have those moments. And just that reminder of the clarity that you get when like the truth locks in, you know, it feels so so good. I've had so many of those experiences in my life. And I think what I've learned the most is that to not force or rush the process to getting to that clarity. I think when we're so confused, we're like, what's the answer? What should I do? What's the answer? What should I do? And then when it taps in, you're like, oh, I know the truth and I'm going to act accordingly. And there's nothing else I'm going to be doing. But for me, something I can think about was when I stopped drinking, you know, I was someone, I grew up in Ohio where drinking is very prevalent and popular. It's pretty much what you do. Very drinking heavy town. And in college, I drank a lot. I partied a lot. And when I got out of college and lived in Chicago, which is a very drinking city as well, we were going out every weekend. We were going out during the week. And I had this moment where I was like, I think I'm done drinking. I was 26 at the time and it was not normal to not drink. It was very much like drinking times in a drinking city with drinking people. But I knew that it was the right decision for me. And I knew that it was something I needed to pursue and explore. So I stopped drinking for about five years and I've probably had 10 drinks since that time total in the past couple of years. But it was something that really changed everything for me. I was able to see my life more clearly. I was able to feel better in my body. I was able to save money. I was able to sleep better. I was able to connect more spiritually. My vibration raised. It just, it did everything, but it didn't make sense to anyone else. You know, no one else really understood why I was doing it or what I was really doing, but I knew for me and my heart that it was the right thing to do. So Stopping drinking, I think, is one that I think about where it was so clear that no one's judgment or projections or talking about me or wondering why I was doing what I was doing could ever waver me from making that decision. Yeah, and I've had quite a few. I think every like actual physical move that I've made, whether it was from New York to LA or back from LA to New York, was just that feeling of knowing. And it was logistically, I think overwhelming both times where I'm like, how am I going to do this? I have such an established life here. So much will have to change if I move. And I really leaned into that feeling. I was like, wow, this feeling is so strong. And it's a good feeling that I have to be so connected to something that feels true. And so I just leaned into it and it's worked out both times really, really well. But the most recent one is related to my wedding and getting married. And Sean and I just had this kind of mutual feeling where we're like, let's just do it this summer. You know, let's just do it. And it just felt so good. It like dropped in. I was like, yes, done. Like it just felt good to not dwell in the planning for so long. We wanted to do it our way. And there's definitely been, you know, feelings from people about, are you sure you want to do it this way? Like, why are you doing this? Like that? Okay. I've never seen that before. Whatever. You know, like all the judgments, all the things, which is fine. But the whole process has been, it's just been laser focused. Like when it drops in like that, it causes this like laser focus, which has felt so good, so empowering and exciting. It's like, I'm kind of like, I'm drinking up this energy of like focus and knowing and it feeling good for other things too. So it's really a momentum. So if this happens in small moments for you, you're listening and you're like, oh, I've, I've experienced this, but it's like in a really small moment. That's great. Celebrate that and really lean into that because that's the start of the momentum that we really want. 
Yeah, I totally feel you on that of the momentum. And sometimes it's these little bits of inspiration. And then sometimes I'll think, oh, well, it was so short and maybe I'm not supposed to go that way. And it's like, maybe that's not the right answer. But when you really think about it, the reason that I'm saying that's not the right answer is based in fear. So that little inspiring moment is Mm -hmm. really such a like guiding push. And so I have to keep reminding myself of looking back. Okay, so this is what I want to do. What's holding me back from doing that? And when I look at the big vision, the big picture, this is actually in alignment with that. And so the reason that I'm not doing it is because I'm fearing, feeling that fearful or that doubt that comes in. For example, one thing my husband and I are looking at doing an investment property and super exciting. When I think of our big vision, like that's what we do. Like we have our vision board, that's what's on it. But it's also really scary to think about putting a big chunk of money down on a house and hoping people rent it and hoping that they keep it nice and that you can, you know, have, it, there's a lot there. So that fear is there. But when I think about the big picture, that is in alignment with what we want to do. So I have to keep coming back to that and saying like yes. the fear, the doubts, like, okay, you can stay here in the passenger seat. <laughs> I'm going to keep driving forward though. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. What you mentioned too, it's like, what's that next right action? Okay. The next right action for us is to decide. And then that next right action is to, for us to decide where. And then the next right action is to us to decide how much and mm-hmm. just taking the next right steps. Because if we look at, okay, so I have to save this much, find a place, find a location, find a property manager, find someone that's going to clean it, find people that are going to take care of it and not destroy it. And then five years, I think we're going to have to make sure the market's still... Like you can just totally lose yourself in the details or in trying to control everything. So I think focusing on the next right action is huge. And then it's such an interesting thing when you have this vision for your life and you're brought up to the moments where you're stepping into that vision and you're like, oh my God, this was actually going to happen for me. You know, we have a vision of, of investment properties and then you're like, we can do this. And then you're like, whoa, this is actually going to happen. And that can be like a little overwhelming. It can be just a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this actually works. You know, I'm going to actually get what I want, but can be super scary. So I think that's incredible that you guys are doing that. I would love to do that at some point. And I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, we're excited about it. And it's been fun. It's been a fun thing to do together because I'm such an entrepreneurial spirit, like all these ideas. And we've been very open about our conversation of Eric is, you know, in the corporate world, he loves his job. He's just like, he will say, I look at you and you're so passionate about the things you're doing. And I like what I do, but I don't know if it's like my passion, but it's, so it's been fun to have this other project that is something that we both really want and have seen it like, again, a vision in our lives. And it's just been fun to have something to do together that is kind of in that like exploratory, a little bit scary, but also super exciting phase of our lives. So it's just been a fun, fun thing to do as a couple and to have that camaraderie as we go through that. All right, ladies. Well, we are kind of wrapping things up here. I mean, I am inspired. (laughs) Like, I feel like you dropped so many amazing just nuggets for us to absorb and to remember to go back to that point of being in alignment, feeling grounded, making those decisions from a place that really feels good to us and finding those routines and tools that help us stay there because life is crazy. (laughs) There's so much going on and we really need those tools and those routines to keep us grounded there. Before we jump off though, I'd love for you guys to share a little bit more, of course, your podcast, but I know you have your membership, any other things you have coming up and things that we can do to connect with your community as well. You can listen almost 30, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts 
podcasts. We are almost 30. We have over 500 episodes on spirituality, health, wellness, relationships, sometimes entrepreneurship. And then we have our membership community that we just closed enrollment for, but it's an incredible space if you want to dig in more on topics like I just mentioned before. We have amazing programs on our website called The Life Edit, Sacredness of Being Single, The Law of One that you can dig into on our site, almost30.com. And I think the most important thing is we have our podcast programs this fall. So we support and work with people on launching, growing, and monetizing their podcast because Lindsay and I grew this thing from the ground up. We grew a business from the ground up. We had no experience or connections. And so we support people in launching their podcast this fall from nothing to totally launched and then in growing and monetizing for those that are a little bit further down the line and want to take their podcast to the next level. So that's at almost30.com as well. And it's called Podcast Pro. Amazing. I didn't know that you guys had that. Lastly, what are social media handles so we can all follow you and see all your amazing tips and tricks too? I'm at, it's Krista. It's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. And I'm at Lindsay Simsek. Amazing. Amazing. Cannot wait to follow you guys there. Of course, everyone tune into the podcast. I have loved it. It's been a great road trip podcast that I love to listen to. Again, getting inspired when I'm driving to. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember to rate and review this podcast to get some what's for dinner club swag. I have stickers and pop sockets and all these fun things. And then of course, you can go to whatsfordinnerclub.com and use promo code podcast to get a full free month of easy dinner recipes tested by me and my kids and husband. So they'll keep you feeling healthy and make dinner time so much easier. Again, thank you, Chris and Lindsay for being here. And I can't wait for everyone to tune in. See you guys next time. Bye.